Taco, 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 taco. <laughs> Yo, what a way to start a oh my Friday gosh. night, eh? Yo, forever classic. Air Rama Golden. in the booth. Golden. Oh my god. Forever. Forever. These the way the way that this music just hits is a different different feeling, you know? Can never be replicated. It'll never happen again. All you kids born after 2000, I feel bad for you. <laughs> but you know, the best the, the silver lining is y'all had technology and you know it's booming. So let us have our music. Bro, as, <laughs> as old as this song is, taken it has twenty one million views on YouTube. How crazy is that, bro? Epic. Epic. Golden, golden. That being said. It's another Friday night. You That's know what right. that means. We are back. We are back in the booth. East FM 102.7. It's mm-hmm. the after hours show. This is Matt. This is Cypher. And uh, if you notice, we don't have Prodigy in the booth with us today. Mr. Prodigy is missing in action. If you guys do find him, give us a shout out on the WhatsApp hotline. Um, that number is 647-849-1331. That's right. I think the boy's uh, making his, his way down the road. He'll be here soon. He, just, he just, just couldn't make the cut for the, the podcast today. He might have to drop a set today too, so we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> that being said, we got a jam-packed episode for you tonight. Mm-hmm. If you guys seen the post on Instagram, seen our marketing, you know that we have a very, very special guest in the building today. We have Mr. Mayu Tavaraja. Yep. He's actually a real estate investor, CPA by trade. Um, pretty much self-taught. This guy is absolutely crushing the game right now. I know. And um, a lot of our listeners obviously have got maybe into like investing in general. Right, right. You know, given, had, given, uh, <laughs> with everything that's been going happening. on. That's right. Yeah. So this will be a good talk that we're going to have with Mayu. He also runs his own podcast right. called Rise with uh, his co-host uh, Austin. Yes. Uh, they talk about real estate investing there. So uh, we'll talk about what's going on with the real estate market. And uh, if you're interested in getting into real estate investing, this is the conversation to be listening to. hundred percent. It's Especially the fact that we have a young real estate investor, yeah. I think that's what changes the game. So yes. a lot of y'all out there thinking, you know, the real estate market is crazy, it's too expensive, I don't know how to get in. Yo, y'all want to hear the conversation this, this we're going to be it. having. This man's done Exactly. It. <laughs> He's doing the impossible, yeah. which may not sound so impossible once we're done. Yeah. But that being said, before we get started with that interview, you know we got to deliver the heat like every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually have a FM world premiere today. That's right. This track is actually hot off the press. Super hot. This guy is a repeat offender. Yeah, he is. Not the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what can you say? They deliver fire? We, we're going to we're, we're gonna give it to you guys, right? right? And this track is actually coming from across the pond mm-hmm. over in UK in it. <laughs> I apologize. I can't, I can't help, I can't help myself. Um, that being said, the first track that we're going to play for tonight's Man's on the Rise, the FM World premiere tonight on East FM 102.7, the After Hours show is by Mr. Grade A himself. This track is called Saved by the Bell. Absolute beggar. You're going to hear some, some, some sample samples in there. <laughs> we love them sample samples. We love them sample samples. So if you guys hear it, you guys know what that is, shoot us that uh, WhatsApp message on the After Hours Hotline. Let us know what you're hearing. Cypher, hit us with the track. Let's this go. is Grade A, Saved by the Bell. Stuck in the mud like LOL. Dark days felt like hell. Nearly took a nail, but I saved by the bell. Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell. I buy and sell for the profit. Nearly missed the plot and I lost it. I ain't invested in gossip, sending blank shots, staying on shit. Stuck in the mud like LOL. Dark days felt like hell, nearly took a nail but I saved by the bell Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell I buy and sell for the profit, nearly missed the plot and I lost it I ain't invested in gossip, sending blank shots, they ain't on sh- I don't know about bloods and crips, 
And I don't know about jumping ships Hop on the A380 Emirates That's an overseas trip I told bro flight to the DXB I don't stress on the process I let be Duty free, two balls Hennessy Can't forget Kavossi Winston the virus spinning in rhythms That's reload on reload Go get a list so I turn on beast mode Winter season I'm on road with a big coat My team see growth and elevation Every milestone we do celebration Like this star dog medication Come a long way from relegation Stuck in the mud like LOL Dark days felt like hell Nearly took a nail but I saved by the bell Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell I buy and sell for the profit Nearly missed the plot and I lost it I ain't invested in gossip Sending blank shots, they not Stuck in the mud like LOL Dark days felt like hell Nearly took a nail but I saved by the bell Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell I buy and sell for the profit Nearly missed the plot and I lost it I ain't invested in gossip Sending blank shots, they not Spent a lot of hours in the office yeah. Didn't take annual leave oh, I'm pissed off, hella days off I'm missed on uh, Could've spent peas and looked like a dripped on uh, But I got a sauce on spill yeah. Told mums don't worry about the bill I got that Sorry, I set targets and I tried top that top Snakes in the cup got cop that. that Bad energy I got blocked that block I put three bills on the cricket back That's a pricey whack Trying that sweet life like Cody, Zach uh, Zach and Cody I'm braiding myself for the better I ain't the same old me Stuck in the mud like LOL Dark days felt like hell Nearly took a nail but I saved by the bell Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell I buy and sell for the profit Nearly missed the plot and I lost it I ain't invested in gossip Sending blank shots, they ain't on sh- Stuck in the mud like LOL Dark days felt like hell Nearly took a nail but I saved by the bell Gentlemen, I don't kiss and tell I buy and sell for the profit Nearly missed the plot and I lost it that's hot. That's hot, hot. That's heavy, heavy, heavy in the streets. Yo, tell me something. All the UK rappers, mm-hmm. they like come for your throats. They don't need, they're not playing. <laughs> it's, the old, it's the water from there. That has to, has to be the water from the other side. That is an absolute banger. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, that's grade A, saved by the bell, produced by Genu and Kobe. Mixed and mastered by MJ Melodies. Oh, MJ. You know, we, we love MJ yeah, Melodies. Yeah, we love MJ for sure. <laughs> Damn. Yo, oh, my God. Man. That was heat. This guy just took the contrapile and made it trap. Oh, trap, my gosh. Trap, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to this one, but this is crazy. Lyrically, produced Lyrically, crazy. Yeah. Uh, audio is crazy. Everything was high quality. On the this high one. quality yeah, content. Exactly. I'm so happy that we, we could premiere this on the, on the FM World premiere on the After Hours Show 102.7. Kudos to you, Grade 8. Saved by the Bell, streaming on all platforms. Mm-hmm. That will also be in our Man's on the Rise Spotify playlist. So That's if right. you guys are looking for it, if you forget, you know the name, which you shouldn't, remember it. But if you do, just hit that <laughs> playlist up and it's going to be right there. Yeah, head over to our Spotify 3D sound page. Everything's on there. We got our albums on there. Yep. We got our uh, pre-show on there. We got the match on the rise on there. Everything. Everything is on there. <laughs> Hit us up. We got there. But without further ado, let's get into what we have. Man's on the rise. The yeah. host of Rise Podcast. Okay, perfect. <laughs> wow, what what are the odds? You know, we're just yeah. it's all about rising over here at the yep. after hour show. That's right. So that being said, we do have Mayu in the studio with us. Mayu is a real estate investor, a CPA by trade. He also has a podcast show that he runs called The Rise Podcast, which he does with his partner, talking to different real estate investors, educating people on different real estate strategies, and kind of picking the brains of people or titans in the industry per se. So without further ado, Mayu, how's it going? What's going on, guys? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us today, by the way. Of course, yeah. Appreciate you coming. Yeah, coming man, thanks by. for having me. I know you're super busy these days, especially with everything going on. So <laughs> we appreciate you making time for us. 
Appreciate it, man. Mayu, why don't you uh, let the audience know for those who, of them who do not know who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do? And uh, give us a little breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a real estate investor, uh, 28 years old. I've been doing it for about four years now. I've got just over 40 units. Um, really, it's spread. Like I've, I've got very few properties in the GTA, but I've got majority of my portfolio in Windsor and now out in New Brunswick as well. Um, so I also flip real estate along the way, just really for fun. So I've got two flips going on. I do a little bit of private lending, and uh, you know, got more things down the pipeline. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's around the corner. Real estate investing. Okay, so there's people like me. We look at houses and be like, yo, this would be a nice house and I can probably sell it for double. You know, like it's one of those thoughts that you have, but you know that there's such a lengthy process behind like getting a house. There's always like that mortgage and things like that. Tell us like as someone who may want to get into like real estate investing, what is your like number one tip and what should we focus on if we want to get into this industry? Honestly, the the, the best answer I can give you is, is just focusing on the numbers, right? Like Everyone wants to be a real estate investor, but a lot of people make kind of these emotional numbers. If you just take the emotions out of it, like, like kind of what you were just saying, right? Hey, here's this nice big house. It'll be worth this much in the future. And that's kind of like speculation versus if you honestly just focus in on the numbers and you, you look at the data, right? Like what are my, what are my comparable sales telling me? What is like actual contractor renovation numbers and those kind of things. Right. Then you're just kind of dealing with numbers and there's no, there's no real emotions attached to it, right? And the other thing is really if you're in the investing game, like in general, whether it's like investing in like struggling businesses and you try and turn them around, whatever the case is, you're really just trying to solve for a problem, right? So there's all these hurdles in real estate and ultimately you make the most money when you solve for those problems, right? Whether it's like a foundational issue or the electrical needs updating or like all kinds of issues, tenant issues, whatever it is, you buy a property with those kind of problems and, and you're more likely to make a little bit of profit on it, right? Even with that, right? Like you have to start somewhere, right? I don't imagine that when you, you just woke up one day, you're like, I'm going to become a real estate <laughs> investor. And then you, you knew all these numbers off the top of your head, right? There has to be some sort of learning curve or I mean, maybe you got burned somewhere down the road or like, yeah. you know, like, like hard lessons, right? This is because this is a pretty uh, capital heavy uh, game, right? Yeah. What, what, what would you say as like someone who's fresh out the boat, like just starting and gonna get into it. So I, I gotta tell you guys like 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 how, how I got my first property. Yeah, right? no, I feel like that. that might answer for a lot of people. Uh, so I got my very first property right out of undergrad. I finished paying off my OSAP and I was kind of like kicking the can. I was like, what do I do? You know, working whatever, earning like a decent wage. Um, lived at home, didn't really have any expenses. So then you like it was really my my dad. He was like, look, man, you're wasting all this money because at that time you just buy like clothes, you just feel like you know partying, just do stupid <laughs> shit. Yep. Um, so then at that time, he was like, why don't you just go buy like a condo? And I'm like, worth what money? So then I went into the pre-con world at that time, right? Okay. Um, and the pre-con world, it's really just like 10 grand or something like that that you have to put up front. And then there's another like 10 or 15 in a, like a month, two months, whatever, right? Right. So what that basically got me the opportunity to do is I only have like five or 10 cases. So I paid that down. Went and got a bunch of line of credits. Used those to make those payments as they came up. And like whenever it was due, like six months, whatever the timeline was. I, I paid it off on line of credits and then it gave me time before the condo was actually finished right. to then like pay off my line of credits, right? So you're just using debt to essentially fund the down payment and then you're okay. paying off your line of credits over time, right? And then sure. the condo eventually gets finished and then you, you can kind of, you know, recycle that capital right after right. that. Right. So that was the story of, of my first one. Okay. Uh, the second one, after I finished paying off the condo, the second property I bought was very similar, right? So. Um, went super leveraged, 5% down strategy, um, didn't have the funds, so I pulled it from my line of credits, bought that one, rented it out, quickly tried to pay down my line of credit as soon as possible. Like half of it is honestly just being as cheap as possible. Right. And the other half is just 
you know, getting all these because like every, anyone, if you go into a bank now, you can get kind of like line of credits and、yep. you know, good products. So it's just、uh, leveraging those line of credits and leveraging debt smart. That's all real estate is, right? It's it's kind of a debt field game, which is a lot of people don't like hearing that, but. That is huge in real estate, right? Yeah. And now these first two moves, like in hindsight, for, for the condo and then the house that you bought right after,、um, would you, what, <laughs> what would you say about those moves? Were you were you happy with them, or in hindsight, were they like the best thing that could have happened because they helped you learn and take the steps of you becoming who you are today? Honestly, the biggest mistakes I can make. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, the, the, the first condo I bought, man, it took me almost four or five years for that condo to be finished. Yeah,、um, and then the problem with that is obviously like you could be doing so much more with your money in four to five years rather than it sitting there just waiting for a building to be finished, right? Right.、Uh, the second bought property I bought it didn't cash flow. It was like cash flow negative. I put in a shitty tenant in there, and I I was basically stuck with like maybe like six months of unpaid rent. Right. But but these are all like risks and mistakes that you can make when you're young and you like I was I lived with my parents. I didn't like a majority of us at that age. We don't really move out, right? Right. Then when you don't really have any monthly fixed costs, that's honestly the time to be making all the mistakes possible and just learning from that, right? Yeah.、Um, and then honestly, if I had the tools today that I had like back then, whatever. Honestly, I think you can avoid a lot of those mistakes just with like actually networking with other investors. And like, there's a huge real estate investing community now.、Mm-hmm. I don't think it personally existed back in 2015, and if it did, I didn't know about it. But now, I, like, I meet a lot of younger guys and girls that are you know getting started in real estate investing at that age, and they have access to all those tools. I think people can avoid making the same mistake. What do you, what do you mean by tools? Sorry, like I just want to clarify. Okay, so I I started investing in 2015, and at that time there was like no one really on YouTube talking about real estate investing. There was no podcast out there.、Right. There was like there there just wasn't a lot of this stuff. But you can Google stuff, and you can find answers. But a lot of the time it was written by like you know 50 year old guys in, in like a different mindset, right? Right.、Um, versus like today, I think if you hop on YouTube, if you hop on podcasts, if you like just go out and like network with other like like minded people, like we have a Facebook group with like three thousand people in it, right? So like that's just like these little like communities that are out there. And it's basically what social media is doing, right? It's creating their like you can go and follow like other real estate investors that you can just basically mimic their journey, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all like free tools that are out there that you don't even have to pay for,、um, and you just absorb the content, right? So, so in my opinion, like what, like no matter what industry you're in, the same thing applies if you like want to open up a pizza store. You could probably find this like network of. I don't know, like pizza Nowadays, store owners yeah. Yeah. that start never with them, right? Yeah, right.、Mm-hmm. So was that, of course, now you're talking about all this and the resources not being available when you started. Was that one of the reasons of those people who don't know you run the the Rise podcast with your co-host Austin? Is that one of the reasons that you decided to put out podcast because you felt like this was a market that was not tapped into yet, where people were not、uh, given the right resources or the right information to get into、uh, real estate investing. So when I started, I didn't have those free resources. When I really found those free resources in 2018, completely changed my game, right? So in 2018 onwards, it was a different trajectory. So now, like I've, I've accumulated a fair bit of knowledge. I've, I've met some pretty cool people, like just from networking events and things like that. So really, the podcast it's kind of just an avenue to showcase to other people. Well, look, look, like this guy's doing this, and and like Matt is doing that, or like whatever, right? Like different people are doing all these crazy things. And it's really just showing people like live examples, right? And like a, a strategy for how they can kind of mimic it and get the same level of success. So a big part of it now is honestly just giving back and like helping other people achieve the same level、okay. of like whatever、yeah. they want in real estate, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think that's、uh, that, that's probably one of the greatest things you could do, right? Especially someone such as yourself who, who who made expensive mistakes earlier by putting that energy out and putting that information out. You're actually helping people. Not make those mistakes, or at least learn sooner than later, right?、And、not everyone is willing to do that as well, right? right? That's the that's the tough part. And, and bro, another thing I got to touch on too is that even the fact that your first two investments didn't go as planned, 
usually I think after the first one, most people would you know tap out. The second one, okay, you know they're yeah. closer to tapping out. But like, what made you like say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep pushing through. I'm just gonna keep trying. There had to be something that was driving you, right? What, what was that driving factor, or made you, you know, wake up again the next day yeah. and be like, let's do this again? Yeah, honestly, it was it was kind of a long exactly what you're saying, right? Like you you mess up once and then you're like, okay, like that was just once. You mess up again, you're kind of like, like this is this thing's not gonna work out too well, right? Um, and then really at that time, like my entire thought process was, it's great to have one or two properties, but how do you really like build out like a scale of a portfolio? And people have done it. And there's all these like stories of like like I think at that time, back in like 2017 or so, Tamil Culture published an article. There was this guy in Australia, Tamil guy. Um, I think he had about like 200 units or something. So I was like, okay, like how do I do that? Because clearly like people are out there and they're doing it. Right. And at that time, I kind of is when I started to like look at, look more into this stuff. I don't know, maybe the algorithm knows things, right? So <laughs> you start looking into it and it pushes more stuff at you, and you just start to get educated about it. Um, and then I just took a big leap of faith where I was like, you know what? One more time, I'm just going to try this, right? And I, right. At that time, I kind of learned about um, this new real estate strategy. Like at that time, it's called like the Burr strategy. So. I learned about it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to try this one thing. And if it works, it's great. I'm going to go all in. If it doesn't, I'm just going to call it a day. So, right? And th- that was the third play. Right. I'm sorry, quick, not to cut you out. Just we'll come back to the thought, but this burst strategy, you mentioned something called the burst strategy. Something I hear a lot. Well, what is that just for our listeners who are listening right now? To put it very simply, you're flipping to yourself, right? So you're buying these houses that are under market value. You're renovating them to bring them up to kind of like rental grade or like just like a very nice quality product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're then going to the bank and you're saying, look, why don't you guys like refinance this house or reappraise it and tell me what it's worth. And then you're doing a refinance and then you rent out the properties and as long as they're cash flowing, it's great. Right. And then you just kind of repeat the process, right? So you keep recycling your capital through multiple properties. So I heard about it. Mm-hmm. I think like, that sounds way too good to be true, <laughs> but let me try it out. Uh-huh. I tried it out and it worked. And I was kind of like, oh, shit. like I'm on something. So then after that, I just went, I basically just went crazy with it, man. I was just kind of like, this is my time to run with it, right? It's like the gold rush. You, 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 you mined the oil and it just like started a diddle. It was, it was, it was yeah. game over. Yeah, yeah. And once you find something, you, you honestly have to run with it as fast as you can, right? Like I I, I started doing Windsor and as soon as I, I saw Windsor numbers and I was happy with it, yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go as hard and as fast as I can. And I think in like 12 months, like I, I, I don't even know how many units I acquired, but like I went pretty freaking fast in there, right? Wow. Um, so I feel like, you know, anyone, whenever you see an opportunity, you just kind of have to jump into it and take a big leap of faith. Yep. And it, it's nerve wracking, but like, and you could, you could completely get screwed, right? It's right. a reality. But I think once you decide that you want, you want to go down the entrepreneurial route, and I know other entrepreneurs that are like actually entrepreneurs, right? Because I, I think, you know, I've got a deep passion for real estate. I do all these things, but there are people that are serial entrepreneurs and they'll try one business and they'll drop in and they'll try another one. That's they'll right. make money on that and then they move on to the next one. But the biggest thing I notice is that like they take action really fast. Like we're talking like, I was talking to one guy, he had an idea over the Christmas break and then now he's already like full on, full blown, like implementing it, ready to roll it out. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a two to, two to three week like turnaround time. So yeah, I think the biggest thing is just taking action really. 100% that that is uh, that is key and it's like what you said right like nothing good does come easy so you just gotta go at it and just keep keep working on the craft till you master it I, I guess right yeah uh, tell me something as, as well too how long have you been a, a real estate investor yeah tell us tell us that how long have you been a real estate investor like how long have you been doing this for now yeah I, I bought my first property 2015 um, didn't do anything in 2016 bought another one in 2017 but this at that time I was kind of like just like passively buying real estate, you know, right, like right. how our like like parents and like not, I wouldn't really call myself like a, an investor at that time. Right, exactly, I'd honestly exactly. say the investor mindset started maybe twenty late twenty eighteen. Okay. And at that point, like since then, what it's been about 
two years. I don't know, you know, two, two and, and a half years. Two and a half years, yes. Yeah, Time two is and a half years, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I started back in like late 2018. And at that time, I kind of switched into the actual, like, this is an investment. And, like, you can actually scale this. Um, and, and yeah, from there, I just. And this is all, all, all the while you're, you're, you jumped first full time into this, or were you, were you still working? Like, how, how are you managing the, these uh, these these ventures? I per se. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm still working, right? Okay, and okay. I think I think a big part of it in the real estate space is you need the income for the mortgages, where it just becomes more challenging. Right. Um, right. Yeah, but unless you're like if you're self-employed for a few years, I guess that's different as well, right? But I just I wasn't willing to kind of take that pause because the moment I, I kind of leave my job, it's also going to be like a two-year pause on the buying. Yeah. Unless you buy with other partners, right? So yes. I've kept buying. I mean, sorry, I've kept working, and I'm I'm honestly doing the real estate stuff on the side. But okay. I think there's. There's plenty of time in the day to do to do this and more, right? So we all been hit with like the COVID pandemic, but a lot of people have benefited in some ways, and a lot of people have obviously been affected. What would you say? How how has COVID been for you? Were you able to make some crazy deals during this time, or has it been uh, like a little bit of a slump because of uh, what's going on? Uh, that's a good question. I think honestly, it's not even just the real estate market that that's the biggest change for me. It's honestly you start to, you get to work from home and your your efficiency increases like significantly, right? That that time that I used to spend. Commuting, going to work, I now spend on the real estate investing business. Mm-hmm. Um, lunch time, you can spend on like doing whatever you want. No need to waste time, um, and and you you have no commute home at the end of the day as well. And that I think that's changed a lot of people because like I've personally noticed ever since COVID has really started, I've, I've noticed a lot of side businesses started to pop up, right? So I honestly just think it's that people are at home, they have more free time. There's nothing to do. You can't go out to party. You can't even go to the mall. You just come up with these business ideas and you give it a shot, right? So that was honestly in my opinion, the biggest impact. Um, right in the middle of the pandemic, it was a great time to be a real estate investor because everyone's scared. People were selling properties for dirt yeah. cheap. Mm-hmm. Do their rentals were dirt cheap. It was a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you kind of take the leap of faith because I was at the same time, I was buying, but I was like, oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But as long as the numbers work, you can keep buying, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Since then, I'd say since August of 2020 the market's been absolutely crazy oh, just like wow. anyone else out there yeah. is struggling in the real estate market to find deals like it, it makes it equally hard for investors as well to find deals right yeah so, so even when you do find deals let's say you come across a deal is, is there like a method to your madness or is it something that you, you see it you, you think the numbers look good and you just go for it because i know you touched on the numbers earlier as well too so is there like a strict guideline that you follow like this is how i will invest and this is the only way i'll invest so I have like strict metrics, right? For for like my numbers to work, like uh, you know, everyone watches these certain metrics. So it could be like a return on investment, cash on cash return, things like that. Um, so it's important to have those kind of guidelines. But then really, what I look at is I, I don't want to have a property in every single city in Ontario, right? That would be a nightmare to manage. Right. Um, so I just kind of look and choose these cities that aren't booming yet and have the most upside potential. And then it gives me enough time. For, and like, what's important for me is I need to be able to build up a portfolio in that city before it booms, right? Okay. Um, otherwise, I'm going to end up with like one property in every city and it's just not an efficient way to scale, yeah, right. right? But that's really where the flipping business came out of because I'd find these cool properties. Like I've got one in Belva right now. It was a great property, but a great price. It was a very nice renovation, everything. And I was like, but I don't want to just have one property out in Belleville. So then you start to flip as well, right? So once you kind of, get into the business, I think, and I'm sure you guys, you know, you guys know even more, like, um, once you're already in the business, different opportunities start to pop up. And then that's when you can go into flipping, you can go into wholesaling or like all these other like business streams, right? So you lightly talked about you had one property, I think out of the province. Tell me how you got into that one. (laughs) Come back. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I've actually got out of New Brunswick, I've got an eightplex and a sevenplex and then two duplexes. So it's a little bit more than one. 
<laughs> and and that that's another that's another scenario where I just kind of went like really fast, right? So yeah. I decided I like the New Brunswick market. Um, and the biggest thing for me in that market is there's very little like tenant risk in that market, so okay. it's very favorable landlord rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, like the numbers are obviously good as well, like very strong cash flow and stuff like that. So I like that market, and it didn't make sense for me to just have one property again out there. So as soon as I decided I wanted to do that, I made sure there was you know there's enough runway that I can keep buying properties. Yeah. Um, and then I just went really fast, and I just found like I got, a, a I, seven plex, and then yeah. Eight, yeah. I got a random question on that. Do you have to visit a location before you can potentially invest right. into the location? Yeah, so, so I only started investing during this like COVID time in New Brunswick, um, and you can't go to New Brunswick at all. You got their bubble. Well, you can, yeah, because they're in their own bubble. And if you go there, you got to quarantine for two weeks. I see. And then, okay. Like, when yeah, so it's really just not feasible to go out there. And I just kind of rely on like realtors and and my property managers and inspectors to. You know, check out the properties for me, and 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 then it all just comes down to numbers again, right? Mm-hmm. As long okay. as the numbers work, it, it's viable. But are these existing relationships you have with these people, or these are people that you're finding online or something, and you're just almost like blind faith, right? When it's over the internet, so that that's what that's that's what I'm trying to wrap <laughs> my head around. Because like we're talking about, uh, it's obviously not a couple a couple dollars you're spending, right? A couple a couple hundred thousand, maybe a million, almost a million dollars, yeah. even, right? So how do you get past that hurdle? That 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 like mental hurdle alone, I I feel like would uh, you know disable a lot of people from making that decision, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point, um, and that's why I, I try to go as hard and and fast as I can because it also gets me buying power, right? So, for example, so when I first got started, when I decided on the market, I did my research. Sure, I talked to other investors. I met people like through referrals. Like I knew one investor, I knew someone else, I knew someone else uh, that was investing out in New Brunswick. Got their realtor contacts, called them a bunch of times, and then I just showed them that like, I'm, look, I'm serious. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys, I'm gonna make a bunch of offers with you guys, and we're gonna, like, we're gonna make like money really fast. Mm-hmm, right. As long as you guys continue to get me good deals, I'll keep doing business with you guys, right? And I'm like, I like, I'm loyal. Right. So the realtor that I use, he also has a property management company, which I like, and I generally like, like finding that. Okay. Um, right. Because then if he sells me, uh, you know, shit property, then he's also got to deal with the headaches that come with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's my property manager as well out there. And then it, it also it pays to like pay people, right? So I, I pay an inspector to go and check out every single property that I basically put an offer on. Right. Um, and it costs me a little bit upfront, but the inspector has no reason to lie to me. He's getting paid regardless, of course. and you can mm-hmm. kind of rely on his opinion a little bit more as well, right? Um, so that's a big part of it as well. Like I'm always like, and then the realtor that I've that I've worked with from day one, like he, he's now done like four deals for me, right? So um, you give you, when you go in with buying power, you can kind of get a lot of loyalty and. It's, so it brings you like that because uh, like obviously he knows now that too that you're serious you've obviously bought a couple units already so you've effectively bought that relationship that's it's a working relationship so there's nothing yeah. even wrong with saying that you bought the relationship it works in your in your benefit wow good for yeah. you that's a that's a that's a big uh, that's pretty a big crazy, move man. so you pretty that's much pretty crazy <laughs> real estate on on the internet is essentially is what the, what this is have you even seen them <laughs> physically uh no no i haven't physically seen it Interesting. Uh, and cool. two two of them are like they're still closing okay. but i mean yeah, it's, it'll be done by the end of the month, and I don't I don't intend to go out there and see it, right? Like, yeah. I, like to me, it's just the numbers. I know exactly what needs to be changed cool in these That's properties. Cool and because yeah. you're a property manager, in, in most instances, property managers take care of everything for the most part for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my you label yourself as a real estate investor. We're just curious here. Are you investing in anything else, or if anyone who's like kind of want to do something on like a lower scale, would you recommend anything in terms of investing? Yeah, I mean, my, my specialty is ultimately real estate, right? Like, I think you know, diversification is, is it sounds great on paper, 
But I think when you're young and, and you can kind of take on the risk, I think going all in on one area and becoming like kind of a subject matter expert on that one area is the best way to go. So whether that's stocks, real estate options, like there's so many different vehicles out there. Yep. Uh, I am starting to diversify a little bit now just because like my exposure is getting a little bit high <laughs> in the real estate side. Fair um, but like I'm kind of starting from scratch in the stocks and options side of things. Um, but once again, like I am like, you know, investing in my own learning and getting doing like all these courses so I learn about that stuff. If someone's honestly starting off on a smaller scale, I think just partner like just partnering up with other people is the best way to get started. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still talking to my friends that like don't necessarily own real estate now and I'm offering them to partner up with them, whatever nice. the terms are. Right. And, yeah. and they can get started and kind of leverage that. I think that's the biggest thing that people don't do. Like they just think, you know what, I'm priced out of the market. There's nothing I can do. It is what it is. But look for the solution, right? Meet like three other people that are in a similar situation and buy something together. I'm so glad you, you touched on that as well too because I think with the current state of the market and how it's very, you know, it's very hot. Things are selling for high prices. I think a lot of people just see that alone and get discouraged of the, the fact that I, I, I can't do this. It's not for me, right? So uh, it's like what you said. It's just if you really want it, just you got to go out and find a solution. Maybe partner up is, is maybe the best case scenario for mm-hmm. you and just work, it, work around it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? It's I, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, look, if you're gonna go out there and buy one condo in like the, today's like downtown Toronto condo market, for example, right? Yeah. Why not just find someone else who also wants to buy a condo? Go fifty-fifty on two condos, buy it in two different areas, spread your risk a little bit, spread your tenant risk, and then now you're like fifty percent owner in two condos. But the return, the upside potential becomes like much higher now as a result, right? If you have your foot in two different areas. Maybe one area takes off and one doesn't. So that's what it yeah. is. But at least you're making money, right? Mm-hmm. But you're averaged in, I guess, too. So that it's not as bad as, it, as as being in just that one area over leverage. Yeah, it reduces your risk. You bring mm-hmm. in another partner and like you guys can split the work. And like, you know, if you're busy today, then he can do something like things like that, right? Fair yeah. enough. That's fair an enough. interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What would you say then with the Toronto Toronto real estate market, for example? I know you, you, you invest in outer markets, but let's say Toronto because it is home base for you. What do you think? Is it go go ahead with it or don't don't go ahead with it for, 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 for making a purchase <laughs> for anyone listening? Yeah, um, Toronto's a different game, right? Like I, I think if you have, <laughs> it's a loaded question. I know that's a loaded question. Man. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Because so a big a big part of it is just speculation as well, right? right. Like it's kind of like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the greater pool theory, right? It's like I can buy something today, mm-hmm. and if I think I'm buy, I can sell it up to someone else tomorrow based on like no fundamentals other than hey, like I can be an idiot today and buy it, and I think there's gonna be a bigger idiot tomorrow that'll come and buy it. Yeah. That's just like the greater pool theory, right? Um, so that's it. That's there's nothing wrong with that, but it's closer to gambling, right? And and as I say that, like like I'm looking at the Toronto condo market, and I'm thinking, you know, it could be the time to buy, but that's more of a gam- gamble, and it's more of a risk than like normal investing principles, right? One hundred percent. So. You know, if someone has a significant amount of capital, the advice and, and I think the perspective for them is something different, right? Where if you're sitting on like a million dollars in equity in your house and you're like, you know what, should I go and buy, buy this other condo um, as a potential investment? It's not going to break or make me. Like, that's not the end of the world. But someone's just getting started. I think you focus a little bit more on cash flowing assets right. and build up a strong foundation and then you can take riskier plays, right? Mm-hmm. Um if we're talking about condo specifically, I think bungalows are still great. Um, I think if you can buy a bungalow at a good price in, in like the Scarborough region, which like I love, it's great. But you need a lot of capital to like make those projects work now. That's right. Um, but condos, man, like, but this is the next piece, right? And I, I was talking to someone else about this the other day. I think 
Um, we're in a market now where like detached prices, detached homes are selling like well north of a million bucks, but you could still get a condo for about 600K, right? Yeah, so right. that wasn't the case if you go back like one, two years when detached might have been selling at like 900K. Like, I, I don't know, I'm just making up numbers right, here. Right, right, right. Depends on like what pocket you talk about. Mm-hmm. But detached might have been selling at like 900K and a condo selling at 600. That spread's not that much, right? But now I know people that are buying houses, detached houses that aren't anything crazy at about like 1.3 million. And these yeah. condos are sitting here at like six, 700K. <laughs> I think there is natural, there's always like arbitrage in any market, whether it's stocks, real estate, anything, right? So it's just like looking for that arbitrage opportunity. And that arbitrage opportunity kind of indicates that either the detached home prices, in my like speculative opinion here, like all these disclaimers, Mm -hmm. but either the detached housing market could go down or the condo market should go up. Right, right. right. Okay. This is is not financial advice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We're just kind of speculating. (laughs) Don't don't, don't call Mayu after being like, I heard you on the radio saying I should do this and buy this and that. that. (laughs) No, no, no. We take no no responsibility for your own actions. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Just one one last question on the Toronto market as well because like we we talked about numbers earlier, metrics, right? So in a market like Toronto, would your uh, metrics and how you invest with your other markets, I guess, is it fair to say they don't apply? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't no, work, right? no, it, it, would, it would fail my test. Would that stop you though from, from continuing forward with, a, with an opportunity or like, is there a whole different strategy to how you would approach uh, the, the Toronto market, for example? I think the Toronto market, it's a, it's a play on arbitrage, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I don't necessarily look at that. Like, I, it's different metrics for different markets. The Toronto market, if you can buy where, like, in the in the sub market class, that's doing weak. So when, for example, back in 2018, I think condos were booming and detached prices were like, just like it just didn't yeah, go up. Didn't go because up in 2017, crazy. they kind of peaked, right? Like that's all that right. stuff. So if you can play in that arbitrage, because then at that time it was great to buy a detached, then like you can reap the benefits as the detached market goes up, right? And then similarly, when the detached prices are, are up and crazy, then you can buy in the condo market. And then even if you follow the like the gradient, right? Like from downtown Toronto out to East York to Scarborough to Pickering to Ajax to Oshawa to whatever, right? And you kind of keep going down. There will be periods that, like I think right now in Scarborough and, and Matt, or, you know, or Cypher, you could Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you can buy a bungalow for like under a million still, right? And I know people in Pickering that are kind of buying at the same valuation. Right. So that, you know, is there a potential arbitrage play there? Maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Should a bungalow in Scarborough be worth a little bit more? Maybe. Or should the Pickering go down? But either way, I think in the Toronto market, long story short, what I like to look at is just like, where is there an arbitrage play? And if there's no arbitrage play, then it's definitely not worth it. Because the normal cash on cash metrics and return on equity, like, those are a little bit skewed now. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the best metric for the Toronto market, but yeah. if you can play arbitrage, then I think that's the way to go. F- fair enough. It's just a matter of pivoting your strategies, is, is what 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 it what it sounds like you're saying. And then, yeah. Like you just don't be stuck on something. Like if something doesn't work to plan, figure out another solution. Right? I think if I was in, in into the real estate investor kind of side of things, I feel like there might be like this one project that I decide that I want this to be my investment, but I end up falling in love with it and wanting to keep it to myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mario, has anything like this happened? to you <laughs> i think i think yeah yeah to put it to put a long story short i think so um you know I, I very early on when i got started bought some pre-con- pre-construction houses and at that time i like i loved those houses and it was tough to like get rid of them but um you kind of have to look at it and just money go over matter. money over matter money over matter it's the four walls are money don't don't make investment <laughs> uh, uh, like you know emotional decisions especially when it comes to investments <laughs> that's true man that's true <laughs> we did finally buy like a, our, our own principal residence because all the time i've been like renting where i live as well right so we finally bought that 
and you can't take any of those investing principles and apply it to that because that's like a house that you're going to live in, right? Right. Um, okay. You don't look at cash on cash and like return on equity and all that stuff. You just buy a house that you like and you call right. it a day, right? Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of investors will tell you different, like take your investor hat and like apply it to your principal residence as well. But like, yeah, I don't know. At a certain point, you kind of have to differentiate between the two. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Hundred yeah. percent. That's uh, that's some that's some sound advice from someone who's been around the block. You know, you already know. <laughs> you know what what the, what the situation is too. So I think that's that's uh. The hardest, hardest thing for a lot of people to swallow is just understanding that, especially when it comes to such an expensive purchase. And then, you know, like it, it's just hard not to tie tie emotional feelings. And and I guess that's just part of the learning curve, especially for someone starting off. So that being said, we have we do have a few questions to round this up before we, we let you go. Like it's going to be a quick yeah. rapid fire, just a f- quick, quick five questions on um, a quick things that uh, right off the top of your head, no thinking, just, just exactly. shoot them out. <laughs> so so let's, let's get started with the first one. So one piece of advice you'd have for your younger self. Uh, take action, take action faster, fail, and fail forward. Nice. Basically, take action and keep failing. <laughs> Good Perfect. One book or movie everyone should watch or read? Ooh. Uh, one book, one, Rich one. Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Poor Dad. Yeah, hands down. That's, that's a real estate investor's book. That's a book you hear about all the time. And from what I hear, it, it's supposed to be like the, the, the real estate investor Bible, eh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's a book that a lot of people claim have like, changed their lives. I wouldn't say it's changed mine. Okay. Uh, I, I read it pretty late in my journey, but... Had I read it earlier, it probably would have. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Good, good, good take. So, who, who's your biggest inspiration slash role model or motivator? Yeah, this is tough. Like, I, I'd have to, I'd have to go with like a Gary V type personality, right? Like, I, I just think those personalities are, are just super motivational. They just help people with like not really expecting a whole lot in return. Okay, and those are the kind of people that I like and look up to. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So the next one is uh, you're, you're gonna go. You know, you're gonna you're gonna go put put a deal in, and this deal's gonna be life 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 changing. You gotta play this one track to get you pumped. What's what's that one song? Holy sh! This is uh, okay. <laughs> this is really bad because guys, this is gonna be this is gonna sound really messed up. But no, I don't no. actually listen to music. You don't? Like, I I, I legit do not listen to music. Okay. And, and honestly, it's it's the way I was raised, right? Like my I I was raised with my dad playing 680 News, and that's the only thing you listen okay. to. It's okay. kind of well, crazy. Yeah. Fair, fair, so fair I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a podcast recommendation because that's that's all okay. I can think of. That cool. kind of compares to that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give us. Um, check out the Bigger Pockets podcast. Like that's honestly. That's what changed my life, I'd say. Okay, nice, 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 nice. And then there's also another podcast I think that um, someone should check out. It's called the Rise Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't hold back. I'm a, I'm a listener of the Rise Rise Podcasts as well too. And like from an un- unbiased perspective of, of a listener, I think you guys get yeah. some really great guests on. And the beautiful thing about that is it's not just you and Austin just talking about like your own ventures. It's like you're you're digging into the heads of people who've done it. So the beautiful thing about that is I feel that is that it's like you're. You're seeing a real life example of it can be done. I feel like that goes yeah. a very, very long way yeah. versus just seeing something on the internet or and exploring like, outside of our own community too, right? Ex- That's the biggest part. Exactly. Like there's so exactly. many people yeah. out here doing crazy things that we've never even heard about in our community. So yeah, man. Especially in our Tamil community yeah. as well too. A lot of people yeah. just buy their houses. Like, oh, I'm gonna buy a house, and this is the house that we're gonna live in as well too. But this is my main investment vehicle, that's and it. it doesn't go beyond that. Yeah, that's I, it. And, and I feel like that is probably changing with the newer generation and with people like you and putting that information out there. So that is a, it's a big, big thing that you're you're doing for sure. So I'll give you that. So definitely check out the Rise Investment Network podcast. And this is not even a, a, a plug because my easier. It's actually very useful. You'll, you'll definitely learn something. So th- appreciate it, guys. This yeah. one, I, I feel like you're, you're gonna, you're the kind of guy who had trouble answering this, but I'm gonna ask you anyways. <laughs> what would be the title of your autobiography if there was one? Autobiography. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling. It, it honestly, has to be something. It has to. It has to be something with like risk and luck in there. Like I don't know the, the story of. 
crazy risk and crazy luck. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, crazy that risk, crazy luck. It, it, hey, it, wor- it works. It works. I, I, honestly, Mayu, we wish you nothing but success in your future yeah. endeavors and continue doing what you're doing. You're absolutely crushing it. And uh, the, the, the beautiful thing about your journey is too is that you're not only just doing it to your, for yourself and keeping it to yourself. You're actually putting Looking it out into the world and yeah. helping people out, right? Yeah. There's people out there who probably would have never t- decided to take those steps or, you know, like even thought about there's these strategies or investment ideas ever in their heads and the fact that They're you guys are putting it up. not willing to share the secrets, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, kudos to you. Thank you for, for doing what you're doing and like keep doing what you're doing. We just wish to see nothing but continuous success and growth, man, in head for you. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And th- thanks guys for having me on and make sure, you know, I really enjoy the content that you guys, you know, just giving back to the community as well and helping other talent people see different perspectives. So, I think it's really noble. Keep it up, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate, pre- appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Mayu. Man, that was a dope conversation. Yeah, killer, man, killer, killer. It, it, you know what's uh, what I why I appreciate it even more? It's the fact that real estate is all. It, it seems like such an unattainable thing for most people, especially like, now in, in these in days, now, these right? Days. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Man. More so these days, yeah. relevant to like the current climate, right? Yeah. So the fact that we can have someone here who's uh, you know a, a young gentleman who's doing this and finding so much success in it. It just uh, gives the perspective that things are very much possible. Very attainable. Yeah. And it's a close reach as well. Very yeah. close reach. Yeah. And something that I want to take away from what uh, Mike kept bringing up through the conversation is finding solutions. Yeah. You know, like the thing is that everyone will will, will run to a problem and it's like they run to the wall and they just stop. turn around and, and then react stop. react quickly as well. Mike, you said, exactly. Right? Yeah. React react quickly find solutions and yeah. just keep it moving keep, running, like, keep yeah. it moving mm-hmm. you know simple <laughs> simple as that great conversation ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in on the after hours show mm-hmm. another great friday night yep the weather's warming up <laughs> it's warming up and and, and the uh, groundhog said it's gonna be early spring the groundhog did say it's gonna be, listen there's no one in this world than me and cypher who want summer and spring to come 100%. fast but yo don't you think it's kind of weird that like well, not this year because of COVID, yeah. but usually like hundreds of people stand outside looking at this groundhog, waiting for it to come outside just to say if it's going to be like lock or summer. Yeah, listen, like normally, normally every every season, I'm like, yo, bun this groundhog. This is some nonsense, you know? But this, this year, some, yeah, it was different. This year is a little different. I'm a little biased. <laughs> have you ever seen a brown guy in the, in the audience uh, waiting for the, the groundhog to come out? I think we know a little bit better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. The Staff Tower Show on 102.7 East FM every Friday. Mm-hmm. This is Matt. This is Cypher. And we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.